The same God who makes the planet spin Tells the tide when it should rise Put the color in my eyes The same God who makes the seasons change Knows the number of the stars Every secret in my heart All my doubts All my questions In every fear I have about what might happen You're the Good morning and welcome to 1C. Would you please rise for our first song? Everyone singing, come on, come on now. 
to Columbus, Nebraska to one seat, the sanctuary, on July 24th. Get your tickets at SawaProvince.com. You don't want to miss out on the Great Big Family Reunion Tour. Bring your friends, your family. Bring your brothers and sisters and aunts and uncles. Of course, grandmas too. They love the Great Big Family Reunion Tour. Just get your tickets at SawaProvince.com today. It's going fast. We'll see you real soon. You may be seated. Coming July 24th. Now, I want you to be thinking two things. Number one, you come because you will be blessed. The Word of God is going to be presented in word and song in such a way that it is engaging. So, you come and be blessed. But now I want you to be thinking, who within your circle of influence, maybe they need to hear the message of Jesus in a new and fresh way. I don't know who that is for you. I've been thinking, praying about it. It might be a coworker. It could be a neighbor. It could be somebody at school, somebody that you, you go into the marketplace and you think about who, who would be blessed to hear the message of Jesus in a new and fresh way. So think of that. Again, tickets uh, are available. All right, if you are a guest here, we are delighted that you're a guest. I don't know if you know this, we use the word guest on purpose because the word visitor, at least to me, means you're an outsider and we weren't expecting you. A guest says, we're waiting and looking forward to you coming here and joining with us in worship. So, glad you're here. In fact, we'd love for you to come back again. So, come on back. Uh, we also like to get to know you. A couple ways for you to do it. Stop at Next Steps and Family Gathering Area. You can text 1C Guest to 94000. Uh, if you're on Facebook Live, just do a shout out so we know you're here so we can connect with you and maybe answer questions you might have. Also, a little later, we're going to have prayer time. <clears throat> prayer is, I think, one of the most underutilized gifts God has given. So we try to make it as easy as possible for you to get your prayers to us so that we can share in your prayers together. So we have slips that are outside in the family gathering area. That's one way to do it. Facebook Live, if you're there, you can put your prayer request in there. Or if you would like to text your prayer request to 402 2425051, and that'll get it to us, and then we'll include it in worship today and throughout the week. All right? Also, we're going to be having communion um, here. 
And we're now doing it two different ways because, you know, COVID's kind of moving. And so we have continuous communion. That's how we did it before COVID, where you can make your way up and we have bread, wine, body, and blood uh, for you. Um, it's also, we have gluten-free wafers and also non-alcoholic juice. So if you'd like that, just let the server know as you come forward. But if you still like to have communion in your seat where you're seated, we have these pre-packaged um, elements for you to pick up. So if you picked them up on the way in, you're ready to go. If you still would like to do it during the next song, you would have some time to make your way and then come back in. All right, so uh, what else do we have? We just had a voters meeting. For those of you that were able to be here, I'm glad that you were here. Uh, we elected a new slate of officers and uh, a leadership team gave a little bit of an update on what's going on in the life of the church financially. And then I challenged our voters and our congregation, and I'm just going to tell you, the word together, the word together. God put that word on my heart post-COVID in a sense. We've had to have the social distance thing, enough is enough. And I'll just tell you, nowhere in the Bible is social distancing encouraged. In fact, maybe the one time where Jesus broke the rule, anybody remember? The leper. Where normally they would be socially distanced, he, he just went. So, the word together is what God put on my heart. And I shared 1 Corinthians 13. I do believe it's God's words of instruction for us today if we want to experience together. So if you haven't read it recently, if you've been to a wedding, you probably heard 1 Corinthians 13, 4 to 8a. Okay? Um, but read the entire chapter because I think Paul is saying something not just to the church of Corinth but to us today. So please, if you would, think about that. Also, following the service today, we're going to get to have a get-together for Tim and Josie. They're, uh, quote, here in the house, and they're here in Columbus and ready to start uh, ministry, and uh, we're excited for that. So we're going to have a get-together with some food and just some f festivities, and it'll be a fun time. So come and have, uh, have a time of fellowship with us. That's it for the announcements. May God be with and bless us as we lift up the name of Jesus.
for the children's message so come on up front find a seat on the floor up front here if you can because I have something that I want to show you all right so come on up find a seat up here yeah all right so I have something in my pocket that I want to show you but first I want to see if you can guess what I have in my pocket can anybody have a guess what I might have in my pocket to show you A train ticket? No, that's a pretty good guess. Yeah. A coin? A coin? No. A car? A car? No. I said a car. A car? Card. Card. Oh, a card. I don't have a card or a car in my pocket. What? A key? I do have a key in my pocket, but that's not what I want to show you. What I want to show you is this. A balloon. A balloon. Yeah. Do you like balloons? Yeah? You like balloons? What do you like to do with balloons? Blow them up. Yeah. Play with them? How do you play with them? I, I like to stand on them and bounce around. Sit on them and bounce around? That's fun. Yeah. Blow it up and then let it go and it flies all over? Yeah, that's fun. Yeah. A lot of fun ways you can play with balloons, isn't there? Yeah. You know how I like to... What I like to do with balloons? Uh, pop them. Pop them? No. I like to carry them in my pocket. Yeah. Why? Why? Because then I keep it safe. I keep it hidden away so nobody knows I have the balloon. And that way, I don't have to worry about losing it. No one knows I have it, so I don't have to share it with anybody. I just keep it safe. Yeah. So, you know what? I better put this one back in my pocket, hadn't I? So I don't lose it. It doesn't fit in there doesn't I know I'm just gonna hide it in my hat that way no one will know that I have it that doesn't work either does it uh I know I'm gonna hide it in my shoe then you then you won't be able to see it it doesn't fit does it hide it under my shirt that's a great idea there we go now you can't tell I have a balloon, can you? You can see it? You see it? That doesn't work either, does it? Oh. Yeah, maybe I could put it behind my back. But you know what? Since it's blown up. <laughs> that's right. Once it's blown up, I can't hide it anymore, can I? And you know what? That's a lot like what we learned about at Rocky Railway Blast this last week. Because we learn that Jesus' power helps us be bold. just like So Jesus' power fills us up just like air filled up this balloon. We can't hide this balloon. We can't hide the power of Jesus who lives in us. And Romans chapter 8 tells us that the same power that rose Jesus from the grave lives in us. Isn't that amazing? The same power that rose Jesus from the grave lives in us. And so if we have that power inside of us, 
I bet it would be a lot easier to hide this balloon in my shoe than to hide the power of God living in us. What do you think? Yeah, because that's an amazing power. He's in our hearts, that's right. Yeah, and the Holy Spirit fills us up, fills us up so that we can live boldly. We can sh- live out our faith. We can show people how much we love Jesus and how we, much we love them because we are filled up with the power of, of Jesus, just like this balloon is filled with air. And you know, I have more balloons here. And these balloons are just ordinary balloons. But you know what? This balloon won't fit in my pocket, not because it's a better balloon than these balloons, but because it's filled with air. And that's the same with us. We're ordinary, regular people, but we're filled with the Holy Spirit of God, the power of God to live boldly for him. It's as big as my head? (laughs) Almost. Yeah. All right. Well, you know what? I want to give you a balloon to take home with you before you head back to your seats. All right. And then as you fill the balloon up with air, you can remember that the power of God fills you up so that you can live boldly for him. And then you can head on back to your seats. All right. And Pastor Jim will lead us in a prayer. There you go. So remember, as you play with the balloon, as you fill it up, that you are filled up with the Holy Spirit, the power of God. There you go. You want a balloon? All right. There you go. Thanks for coming up, boys and girls. And you can head on back. There you go. As Greg mentioned, I'm going to bring us into a time of prayer. And the intent for this is to prepare our hearts, our minds, our lives to receive this very precious gift. Uh, The Bible says that we should examine ourselves. And what that really means is get honest with God, with each other, that we're sinners and we need God's grace. And so I'm going to do that in prayer and then we're going to be reminded of all that Jesus did for us. Oh, good Lord Jesus, we come to you this morning and thank you for understanding Thank you for understanding our brokenness, our sin, our inability, unwillingness to do what you tell us to do. We go our own way. We do our own things. And the truth is that we would be lost forever unless somebody does something. So we thank you that you came to this earth as a babe of Bethlehem. We thank you for your perfect life you lived. Thank you for coming into Jerusalem. Thank you for going on a cross and into a tomb. Thank you for the payment for sin and the victory and salvation that is ours. And I'll thank you for this precious meal, a gift given out of love and received by faith. And we pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, he took bread, and after he'd given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Take and eat. This is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. And in the same way also, he took the cup after supper, and after he'd given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament of my blood, which is given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always. Amen. And as we continue now with the distribution, again, if you have those individual um, containers with the elements in it, and if you would like to take communion in your seat, feel free during the song to, to take communion whenever you would like. And then also, when you're ready to come forward to receive this gift, uh, we invite you just to make your way up. Again, may God be glorified in this time. I don't walk and miss the moment 
hands right before my eyes Somebody with a hurt that I could have helped Somebody with a hand that I could have held When I just can't see past myself Lord, help me be a little more like mercy A little more like grace A little more like kindness Goodness, love and faith Yeah, there's no night I have changed I've been saved from who I used to be Even at my best, I must confess I still need help to see the way you see So this morning I've been kind of sitting over there and I'm watching people streaming forward and, and uh, receiving this gift, realizing everyone has a story. And the powerful thing is when God intersects with your story, 
In whatever way, whether communion with the word of God, um, a brother or sister in Christ, he loves intersecting with people like you and me. So now may this true body and blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ strengthen you, forgive you, empower you to serve him with your life. Amen. God, we offer the following prayers to you. We have prayers for our grandson, Matt, who is having surgery on Tuesday. Be with him and his doctors. We have a prayer for Grayson and his family as they return to Alaska to start rebuilding their home that was lost to a mudslide. Thank you for keeping them safe when the slide came and help them to stay safe. Dear Lord, we have a prayer of gratitude for the rain that was bestowed upon us. A prayer for a couple that they be blessed with a second child. A prayer that we lift Nancy up to you, Lord. Heal her from the mass on her pancreas. Guide the doctors in her upcoming treatment. Grant her peace, comfort, and complete healing as she experiences your loving presence. We now pray to you, God, the prayer that your son taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Okay, this is an enactment, all right, of a real-life story that happened a while ago. But I'm going to over-dramatize it. So just have a little bit of fun, okay? Applause. I know, not a brightest bulb in the box. It is a true story. There was a moment when I was using some kind of power tool and I had forgotten to plug it in and one of my kids happened to come up there and literally did show me that I was, I didn't know what I was doing. So it happens. But let me tell you this, metaphorically speaking, how many of you have ever had to work harder than you really needed to work? Now, spiritually speaking, how many times have you gotten caught up in the trap of thinking you got to do more, you got to I mean, I just think it's one of the ploys of Satan himself. He kind of creeps in, and he makes you think that you're not good enough. He makes you feel guilty. He, I mean, really, that's the story of the Reformation about 500 and some years ago, where, where Luther was like, okay, I know what Jesus did, 
and I know what I'm supposed to do, and that's going to equal my salvation. I just don't know how much I'm supposed to do. So he worked really hard at trying to get his salvation, and then he had this eye-opening moment, this experience. It wasn't about him. It wasn't about his effort. It was all Jesus. Wow. Well, what we've been doing for six weeks here on campus, we've been having a summer camp entitled, let's have it up there if we, if we could. Thank you very much. Blast. Building lives around sound truth. Okay, that's what that means. Building lives around sound truth. And this week, which was the last official week, was, is this theme. If I can have that up there, please. The power of Jesus changes lives. So I want us to really kind of lean in on this today and the importance of his power in you and me. Okay? I'm going to give you a number, and I, I wish I had a prize to give you if you guessed it. And if you were at the last service, you can't guess it, Celeste. So, 484. Anybody have a guess what that number means? 484. Look at the wheels are churning. Louder if you have a guess. Four eighty-four. That's the right number. Well, for me, you know what that means. It was the time when COVID was hitting, and we shut down services here. And for four hundred and eighty-four days up until now, there has been this adjustment, and another adjustment, and another adjustment, and this uncertainty, maybe even fear coming knocking on the door, you know, just trying to do everything you can do to meet everybody's needs and expectations regarding COVID-19. I'll just tell you, it has been tiring. And I don't know, most of the time, most of the time I was in the Word, I was praying, I was seeking wisdom from, from above about what we should do and what we shouldn't do, but I'm going to admit to you that there were times that I was working on my own power and might. How did it work for me? I mean, some people might say the heart attack, right? I mean, who knows the effect when we try to take on things that don't belong to us? So, I'm going to take you on a journey. I want you to find relief and peace and joy and strength today if you've been carrying things you should not have been, should not have been carrying. And when the enemy comes up to you tomorrow and says, hey, this is on you, I want you to be able to say the blood of Jesus covers all sin. The power of Jesus is what gets me going in the day and keeps me going throughout life. So I'm going to take you on that journey. Uh, I want to bring, uh, bring you to the message version of Isaiah 40. Um, this is how I felt. And I still feel 440, 484 days. He energizes those who get tired. I love that, that way of explaining it. Gives fresh strength to dropouts. I mean, there were times during this 484, I was just like, I'm just done. I mean, I make a decision and half the people like it and then the other half don't like it. And it just feeling overwhelmed. For even young people tire and drop out. Young folk in their prime stumble and fall. But those who wait upon God get fresh strength. So I'm going to just stop there for a second. What does it mean to wait on God? I think it was a month ago, maybe two months ago, I talked about a friend of mine, and we were dialoguing back, texting. And she said, you know what? You know, over the years, we talk about the fact that it's, um, what we follow is not a religion, it's a relationship. And, and I, I've embraced that for so many years. It's not a set of rules and regulations. It's a relationship between the God of the universe and somebody like me. That's what it's about. She said, I think we need a new word. She says, I think we need a new emphasis in the church. She says, do you have any ideas? And I, and I was like, well, let me give it thought. She says, it's got to be an R because it's got to stick with the R, religion, relationship. So she texts me and she says, how about this? Reliance. And I'm like, that spoke to me. What would it look like if people like you and me would rely upon God more 
now than we did yesterday? What would it look like if we would go to him with every circumstance, with every situation, trusting that what he's begun he will complete? What would that look like? What would that feel like? I think something would change. And I'm going to say it's going to start here, then it's going to be here, and then it's going to be here. I just think, you know, as a world, as a country, this idea of Jesus and Christianity, there is less reliance on him now than there was before. We have just moved away from him. And, you know, I, I used to talk about the analogy of a, a, a wheel, right? God being in the middle, and then you could put all the spokes around it, right? You can put every spoke under the sun. Sports, music, activities, work, all that. But somewhere, somewhere down the road, our country in particular says, let's take the God out of the center and let's put other things. And some of the things actually look good, but they're, but they're not what should be in the middle. I know some families that put family in the middle. And at first glance, it looks good. And then you, well, if you have time for God, you can make him one of the spokes. But what's the problem when you put family in the middle? Who is the only person that is perfect, always powerful, always loving? It's God. So when you put family in the middle, there are times that that hub is going to crumble and everything around it will go with it. So I totally get, and I'm starting to really feel a, a sense of, of telling you and having you tell me, remind each other, we need a greater reliance on God than ever before. And I just think the world's going to get crazier, folks. I don't want to give you the spoiler, but it's getting crazy and it's going to get crazier. So we need to have God in the center. We need to have a reliance on him like never before. And I don't know what that looks like for you, but I've been praying about what does that look like for me. And some of that happens in an instant when you're on a gurney and the nurse leans over and says you're having a heart attack. You start reevaluating everything. So let me share with you a couple scriptures. <clears throat> All right, Ephesians 1. This is my prayer for you. This is Paul's prayer for the church in Ephesus. I do believe it's God's prayer for you and me and my prayer. I pray that you will begin to understand the incredible greatness of his power for us who believe him. This is the same power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him at the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. So what Paul is saying, what I'm saying, I hope that you're getting a sense here, is that your understanding, your reliance, your focus to this God would become greater right now and tomorrow and for eternity. Okay? Because think about this. Have you fathomed what the resurrection and the power of the resurrection means? I mean, I can't. I mean, I've got a finite mind. The infinite power of God, the infinite love of God is wrapped up in the resurrection. Giving his only son, only son, to let him bear the sin of the world on himself, all the sin for all of time, and being willing to go into Jerusalem and just let himself get arrested, betrayed, beaten, placed on a cross and into a tomb. He did all of that. But the resurrection power, can you imagine if we were living in that resurrection power, how would it change our thinking? So, in an effort not to forget any of these, I wrote some down. You might have your own list. This is what I think it would mean to me. The same Easter power, if I was living in that, and if that was a filter in my life, would it give me the power to make right decisions? How about that same Easter power, would it give me the power to forgive when I don't feel like it? I don't know if you've had those moments when there are people in your life that have hurt you and you feel like, uh-uh, they don't deserve forgiveness. And it's almost as if, and, and I'm telling you in my humanness, 
When I get to the Lord's Prayer, there's times I want to go like this. When he says, and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who've sinned against us, I don't want to hear that. Because that puts me on the spot. It puts me in a place. But can you imagine if the Easter power, the Easter power would move us to start forgiving people like we've been forgiven? Pretty awesome. How about this? The power to walk away from temptation. And I don't know about you, but I have my temptations. And maybe you've seen this before. Someday maybe we'll do it here. The cardboard testimony things. I don't know, Fred, have you ever seen that? It's like a really powerful moment in church where you have people come up one after another, hold up a cardboard sign, and it talks about their struggle, and then you flip it over, and then they're a changed life because of Christ and because of the resurrection. So it could be somebody who is addicted to pornography or somebody that is addicted to drugs or somebody who is, we'll just say me, addicted to working too much. And then you flip it over, and when the resurrection is doing its thing, lives are changed dramatically. All right, how about uh, the power to say the right thing at the right time? I, I think of people that I wish had that. Not me, right? Think about that. How about this? The power to love unconditionally. Can you imagine the power of the resurrection changing you and me so that we would love with the love that we've received? And then the one that followed that was the power to love the unlovable, the person that hurt you the most, to love them. How about the power to stare fear in the face and walk ahead with courage? The power to handle bad news with a deep-seated joy and faith. The power to love how you look despite what the culture says about you. The power to say no to your friends when they want you to go against God's values. I do believe that when the power of the resurrection gets a hold of our hearts, our minds, our lives, we're going to live our lives differently. I'll even say this. We will calendar our days differently. We will look at our days differently. But when Jim Thielen forgets about the power of the resurrection and what it means not just 2,000 years ago but today and for eternity, when I forget that, I get in trouble. So we need to be reminded constantly. Uh, Let me go back here. Ephesians 9, okay. This is from Romans 8. It stands to reason, doesn't it, that if the alive and present God who raised Jesus from the dead moves into your life, he'll do the same thing in you that he did in Jesus bringing you alive to himself. So what that could mean is when you're in the middle of a stretch, because just so you know, 485 is going to be tomorrow. Then there's probably going to be 486, right? So can you imagine if people like you and me would, number one, pray, 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 that the power of the resurrection would be our first filter. Now, maybe you're saying, what does that mean? Instead of looking at circumstances through the lens of this world, look at this world okay, that we're living in through the re- lens of the resurrection, the power of the resurrection, and all that it means and will mean. Galatians 2.20, I don't have that there because it's on my heart. I'm going to share it with you. It's my life verse. In fact, when I was graduating from the seminary, Kristen asked me, what verse would you like? Galatians 2.20. I have been crucified with Christ, and it is no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live, I live in faith in the Son of God who died and gave himself for me. May God's spirit move within you, move within me to live in such a way that's going to experience that. 
that his life in me and through me, in spite of me. And my hope would be that, again, it changes our life, but it changes the people around us. And that they're going to maybe go to you and say, hey, I want some of what you have. And that God's spirit who has brought that truth to you would be ready to share in a real, relevant, powerful way. Amen? All right, we're going to share and profess our faith. A great summary of the faith is the Apostles' Creed. It talks about the Trinity, God the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, who they are, what have they done. And this creed has been spoken and shared for generations. It is actually being spoken and shared throughout the world today. This is a powerful profession of faith. So I'd like for you to stand and boldly declare this together with me. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. I'm going to share with you a a verbal blessing. This comes from God to you. To all of us, and then we're going to sing a song entitled The Blessing. It's like one of my new favorite songs. Um, it is just a reminder of his blessing that is poured down upon us at all times and in all circumstances. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And the Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace now and forever. Amen.
and serve the Lord. May his favor be upon you. 